This is the Word of God from the household of David Church. It is a message designed to raise men after God's own heart. Listen and be blessed. Ecclesiastes chapter 3, we're going to read from verse 1 to 4. We're also going to read verse 11. If you are there, say amen. If you are there, say amen. Okay. So Ecclesiastes chapter 3, and I'm reading from verse 1. To everything there is a season and a time to every purpose under the heavens. A time to be born and a time to die. A time to plant and a time to pluck up that which is planted. A time to kill and a time to heal. A time to break down and a time to build up. A time to weep and a time to laugh. A time to mourn and a time to dance. Now this was Solomon thinking about life and thinking about time. And he looked at all the activities of men from when they are born to when they die. And he noted that there has to be a time for each one of those activities. It's interesting that we on this earth we are put in the construct of time. God created time. God created human beings. You know, God does not exist in time. God exists as He is. That's why He says, I am that I am. He exists in the past. He exists in the present. He exists in the future. All at the same time. Amen. All at the same time, He exists. And yet, He saw man and put man in time and says, okay, do you know what? I've made you in my image. But I've seen your time. Because I am God of the God past, I have seen when you were born. I've seen when you were in your mother's womb. Because I am God of the present, I can see what is happening to you right now. And because I'm God of the future, I can see what is going on. Or what is going to happen to you. And he did that and he said, okay, I'm going to compress everything and give you time. That's encouraging to me. Because that tells me that, I don't have to be concerned about my past. There are some people that they are tired, they are, how will I put it, they are, they are regretful of their past. They've done things in the past. They've made mistakes. They've, they've, they've not taken hold of opportunities. But God said, I'm the God that saw you in the past. I saw you there. There are some people that are afraid of the future. They are wondering with my degree. Or with the amount of resources that I have. What is going to happen to me in the future? But God is the God of the future. And there are some people that right now, they are actually confused. They don't know what to do right now. If they, they, don't, they don't know the direction to take. But God is the God of the present. Amen. That's why Jesus says, the Bible says that Jesus is the same yesterday, today and forever. You can trust God with time. You can trust God with your time. So, if you are in Christ, you have no reason to be afraid. You have no reason to be worried about mistakes that you made or that you did not make. It doesn't matter. You have no reason to be worried about what is going to happen in the future. Because God is the God of time and space. And He can adjust it and manipulate it for your own good. And He's going to do that in the name of Jesus. I thought somebody was going to say it louder. Amen. Verse 11 says, He makes everything beautiful in his time. He makes everything beautiful in his time. 
So no matter wherever you are, whatever stage of life you are, there are some people that you might be concerned. And you're saying, I'm not enjoying where I am right now. Or I'm enjoying it, but how do I know that the future is going to be better? The Bible says it makes everything beautiful in His time. In its time. That means every time, when you are in Christ, every time can be beautiful. No matter the circumstances that are going on around you. So whether you have, you are married or not, you can enjoy it. God wants you to enjoy it because He says He makes everything beautiful in its time. Whether you are, you are, you are about to do your own business or not, He makes everything beautiful in His time. Whether you have kids and you are, you, are wondering, you are looking at them and they are, you know, they are scattering the house and you are wondering, oh, when will these kids grow up? Are there any parents that have thought that way? You are looking at the kids around you and they are just going up and down and, you are, and, you are, and they, you know, they write on the wall and they, they, they destroy your furniture and then one of your boys might mistakenly kick a football to your TV and you are just wondering, oh my God, what is this? The Bible says he makes everything beautiful in his time. And whether your kids have left, they've left the house. And it's only you and Madame that is in the house. The Bible says he makes everything beautiful in his time. God is the controller of time. And as long as you are in him, as long as you have a relationship with him, he will make everything beautiful in his time. So don't worry. Tell your neighbor, don't worry. So God made, has seen all your life, all my life, past, present, and future. And when He gives it to us, He gives it to us in seasons. And with every season, there's an announcement that comes with it. God's dealings with man comes in seasons. Seasons of blessings. Seasons of mercy. Seasons of grace. There are times that you see your life and then you ask yourself, there are things that are happening around me that it seems I have no control of. For example, there are some times that you just saw that money was just flowing towards you. That was a season. That was a season. There are times that you were put in a position of authority. That was a season. I think Pastor Shola was having a was ministry and he says, anytime you see a man that had a better yesterday than today, that man missed his season. He was not aware of his season. God deals with us in seasons. And with every season that he brings to us, he brings an announcement. It is the way he has constructed the life to be. For example, when the morning comes and the dawn is about to break, the cock crows. What does that tell you? It's giving you an announcement that the morning is beginning to come. To, do you understand what I'm saying? When you, when, you go out, when you go outside and then you see the sky is dark and then the, the, clouds are, and the clouds are dark and then you are hearing thunder and lightning, what does that announce to you? That there is a storm coming. God works in seasons. What is a season? A season is described as a series of activities, events or results that are occurring within a framework of time. So you can start to actually look at your life right now and try to decipher 
What season am I in? I thought somebody was going to answer, but don't worry, we'll get there. What season am I in? In the work of a Christian, God also deals with seasons. He also deals with men with seasons. There was a season in your life when you were not a Christian at all. And you had heard the word of God over and over and over again. But it didn't mean anything to you. Then a point came. Whether during a conference or whether you heard a message or by yourself. The same word that you have been hearing, Jesus Christ died for you. The same word that you have been hearing, somehow it struck a chord. And then you knew that I had to make a decision this time. How many of you can identify what I'm saying? So it's not the, when you got born again, it's not the time that you gave your life to Christ. Sorry, it's, when you got born again, it's not the time that you first heard about Jesus Christ and what he came to do for you. No, but there was a time and season that God made that you keyed into and you gave your life to Christ. Joshua 24 verse 15. Joshua was talking to the Israelites and he said, choose ye this day who you are going to serve. There was a day you needed to make a choice and you made that choice. And that's why you are here today. Amen. As you grow, there will come a season in your life where God will tell you like Abraham in Genesis chapter 12 verse 1, leave your father's house. Leave your father's house. Leave the traditions that you have known. Leave the value system that you grew up with. And then go to a land that I will show you and I will make of you a great nation. I will make you a great name. God was telling Abraham, sorry, Abraham, come out of your father's house. And in the same way, God at times will bring a season of consecration to each and every one of us. And will tell you that, look, you are now my child. But the way you used to think before, you cannot be thinking like that. That's in the past. The way you used to reason before, you cannot be reasoning like that. Because I want to take you higher to a greater place to make a name of you. Those are seasons that God brings to us for us for consecration. For us to be sanctified to Him. So that He can take us higher in our work with Him. Another time there will come a season in your work with God. Where all of a sudden everything is going fine. But then suddenly you start to feel in an urge to pray. Especially for people. It is the time and season that God is telling you the same way he told Moses, I have heard the cry of my people and I'm sending you to go and tell Pharaoh, let my people go. That season, you have a need and a, an urge for you to pray for people. When you see the sick, you don't look, you don't look away anymore. You desire, you are, it's like you are the one that is sick. You, are, you desire to pray for them. When you see somebody that is not saved, you don't look at them and say, mm, this one, God has given up on him. No. Because God has called you to partner with him. He has called you to say that, oh, I have my plan that I want to do on this side of eternity and I want you to partner with me. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. How is it going to be done on earth? Through you and me. That is a season. Amen.
Somebody enjoy me tonight. And then another season will come. As in Psalm 102 verse 13. Where he will say to a people. I will arise and have mercy on the household of David. For the time to favor them. Even the set time has come. That is the season of mercy. And that's the season we are in right now. As the household of David. I thought somebody was going to shout for joy. Seasons. Seasons. The word of prophecy over the household of David was direct. He said, we have become a people that have obtained mercy. And in all that we do, we should be dispensers of mercy. My brother and sister, household of David is not just the church. Household of David is not just the building. Household of David is not just an infrastructure. Household of David is you and I. You and I. And that season has come upon us as a family. So in that season, you should expect mercy. You should expect things to change because your season has changed. Whatever was happening to you in the past, it doesn't matter anymore. Whatever results that you have had in the past, it doesn't matter anymore. Sometimes seasons don't depend on your effort. Sometimes seasons carry you. Hallelujah. Seasons carry you. And that's the season that we have entered into. The season of mercy. The season of mercy. What are some effects of the season of mercy that will be happening? Matthew chapter 9 verse 13. One thing, because when you enter a season, you have to identify it and you have to know what to expect. Because it's what you expect that you will attract. Do you understand what I'm saying? It is what you expect that you will attract. One thing that will happen in this season of mercy is that God will start to move the hearts of hardened people. Matthew chapter 9 verse 13, he said, This thing here, I desire mercy, not sacrifice. For I came not to save the righteous, but to bring the sinners to repentance. There are people all around us. Some of them could be your uncles. Some of them could be your aunties. Some of them could even be your brothers and sisters. You have invited them to church. You have asked them that, Why don't you come and worship with me in the household of David? And you know that it's not like they are going to another church. You know that if this person dies today, I'm not sure of the eternity destination of this person. The Bible says that in the season of mercy, God will start to work on their hearts. So I don't know whether you have a father somewhere that you have been wondering, God, I'm saved. But when will my father give his life to Christ? The Bible says in the time of season, in the time, in the time of mercy, that God is going to have mercy on them. Somehow, somewhere, He's going to take away their heart of stone and give them a heart of flesh. Suddenly, you come to see them. They come to you and they tell you that, my brother, or my son, or my daughter, I've been listening to you. But somehow, I think I need to know the Jesus that you serve. Somehow, I need to know the God that you too you serve. Somehow, I need to go to that place that you have been getting blessed. Why? It's a time of mercy. It's a time of mercy. At the same time, in the time and the seasons of mercy that we are in, God will deliver us from every harm that is out there. 
Lamentations chapter 3 verse 22. Lamentations chapter 3 verse 22. It says his mercies are new every morning. Because of the mercies of the Lord, we are not consumed. It doesn't matter what is going on in the, in the country or what is going on in the environment. I don't care about the coronavirus. What do you call it? Co- 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 okay. Corona is not Grange virus. Okay. Coronavirus. Or what's the one in Nigeria? Lassa fever. The Bible says a thousand shall fall at my side, ten thousand at my right hand. But what? It will not come near me. It will not come near me. Because I am under the cloud of mercy. I am in the season of mercy. Amen. Amen. Can we open our Bibles to the book of Mark chapter 6 verse 34? Mark chapter 6 verse 34. You're not with me. Mark chapter 6 verse 34. The Bible says, And Jesus, when he came out and saw much people, he was moved with compassion towards them. Another word for compassion is mercy. He said he was moved with compassion towards them because they were like sheep not having a shepherd. And he began to teach them many things. I have good news for you. If you have been reading the word of God and somehow you've been hearing that, you've been, you've been hearing what you are supposed to receive, like Rema from the word of God, and somehow you have not been receiving it, I can tell you something. You are in a season where Jesus will begin to teach you by himself. I need a louder amen. Amen. Jesus will begin to teach you by himself. You begin to read your Bible. And then you begin to see the mysteries of the kingdom. And you begin to say, oh God, it was this there. I didn't know. I didn't know this thing was there before. And then you open and and then you start to see connections between the Old Testament and the New Testament. And then you just fall on your knees and you say, oh my God, my God. Things that you could not see before. Maybe you think that you you, 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 you cannot teach people. The Bible says in the season of mercy, Jesus will begin to teach. Jesus will begin to teach. And it's interesting that how come during when he was seeing them scattered, what he thought of doing to them was to teach them. Why? Because they needed direction. They needed direction. And as Jesus teaches you, he will teach you, he will give you direction in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Another thing I want you to know. Is there anybody here that has desired to walk in the gift of healing? Desire to walk in the gift of healing. Maybe in time past you, 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 you had an urge for it. You know? And then you go to your friend and you say, What do you have? And he tells you that I have malaria. And you pray for him. And then he tells you the next day the malaria got worse. And you are wondering, God, He told me to pray for the sick. The Bible says, Matthew chapter 14, verse 14, the same Jesus had compassion on them and He healed them. I have a good news for you. In this season of mercy, for as many as desire to want, that desire the gift of healing, God will start using you to heal people. Because healing and divine health flows in the season of mercies. So, we have said, when a season comes, God announces that season. He announces the season. But then, 
divine announcement does not always result in divine manifestation. Because a word has been spoken over you, it doesn't mean necessarily mean that it's going to happen. Why? Because when God speaks a word, those words are in the spirit. Ephesians chapter 1 verse 3 says, Thanks be to God our Father who has blessed us with all spiritual blessings. Remember what I said. I said God is in the past, present, and in the future. So he has seen all the blessings and all the seasons that you are going to need. And he has said, okay, in other words, I'm going to give you that blessing. I'm going to give you that season. So that season has already, has already been given to you in the spirit. But you don't need that blessing in, the, in eternity. You need that blessing here. Do I have a witness? Do you need money in heaven? No. Do you need health in heaven? No. Do you need mercy in heaven? No. You need it here. So how to maximize your season, we have to find a way and understand how to pull the blessings that have been already delivered to us. You are not searching for them. They are already delivered to you. How to bring them into the physical. And I also want you to know that it's very, very important you maximize your seasons and you take hold of them. Because every time God announces a season, Satan is always lurking somewhere by. Can you imagine this? Jesus, when he became 30, he came to John the Baptist. And the Bible says that John the Baptist, you know, baptized him in the river. And the Bible says that the heavens opened and the Spirit of God came down upon him as a dove. And God said unto him, what did God say unto him? What did God say unto him? This is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. That was God's declaration. He was announcing a season in Jesus' life. Matthew chapter 4, the Bible says that the Spirit drove Jesus into the wilderness. And guess what happened? After 40 days of fasting and prayer, what, who was waiting for him on the other side? Who was waiting for him on the other side? The devil. And what did the Bible say? The Bible says he tempted him with three temptations. That's the one that is recorded in Matthew. Listen to the first one he said. He said, if you are the son of God. Excuse me. Jesus, Jesus just received the heavens opened over him. And he said that, God said that, behold, uh, this is my beloved son. But Jesus, uh, devil came to him and said, if you are the son of God. Is that not weird? Second time, devil came to him and said again, if you are the son of God. Thank God Jesus did not even bother to contest that with him. Because he already knew who he was. He already knew the season that was upon him. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. So I'll be rounding up right now. How do you maximize the seasons that are over your life? Number one, you have to focus and meditate on God's word to you. You have to put the word and the declaration that has been given to you, put it as a pillar over your posts and continually see it and meditate on it. As you are meditating on God's word to you, the Bible says what? As a man thinketh in his heart, so he is. As you are meditating on mercy, you will just start to see that things will start to orchestrate themselves to be providing you mercy at all times. Pray, declare, and insist on God's word to you, no matter the circumstances. 
I want to show you something. When Elijah, in Elijah, in 1 Kings chapter 17, the Bible says that the word of the Lord came to Elijah. Okay? And then he said there will not be rain. And there was no rain for three years, six months. Chapter 18, he said the word of the Lord came unto him again. And he said, tell Ahab there will be rain. Now, Elijah received that word. But what he didn't just say, oh, I've received the word. I've received that there's going to be rain. So I'm just going to you know, lie down on my bed and sleep. No. James gives us an insight into what Elijah did. He took the prophecy of God. Do you understand? The Bible says in James chapter 18, said, James chapter 5 verse 18, said, Elijah was a man subject to like passions as we are. And he prayed earnestly that it would not rain. And it didn't rain. He said, and he prayed again. And it began to rain. Prayer creates a portal between the spirit and, and the physical. So it is important for us to maintain our word, our season in prayer. Be patient with God. He, Lamentations chapter 3 verse 26. Lamentations chapter 3 verse 26. And this is important. Because when a season comes on you, it is God that decides how he's going to let that season manifest in your life. It's not you. So someone can say, I have entered into the, into the season of, of, of mercy and start to expect things at times that God did not tell you he was going to do. Be patient with God. The Bible says, it is good that a man should hope and quietly wait for the salvation of the Lord. Your hope, your blessing, your season is not dependent on your circumstances. So it doesn't matter what is going on around you. It doesn't matter at all. What has been said concerning you has been said. And through your meditation and prayer, it will come to pass in the name of Jesus. Finally, with every season, there comes an instruction. I'm sure we heard it at the conference. There comes an instruction. And what was the instruction to us? That we should be dispensers of mercy to other people. That we should... We should encourage those who are down. That we should forgive those who offend us. These are the instructions that we received as a house. Jesus said, Blessed is the man that hears the word and does it. For in that he is blessed. This is how we maintain our seasons. This is how we maximize our seasons. And I know that by the grace of special grace of God, that everything that God has prepared for you and me, in this season of mercy, we receive in the name of Jesus. I want you to rise up on your feet. And I want you to pray one single prayer. I want you to pray that prayer. That Father, as I have entered the season of mercy, open my eyes to what you are doing. Can you pray that prayer? Father, as I have entered into the season of mercy, Open my eyes to what you are doing. In the name of Jesus. I want you to make declarations. We are just going to take three minutes. Make declarations. The declarations that we had during the conference. And even what God has spoken to you. What God has spoken to you concerning mercy. As a member of the household of David. 
I want you to say, Father, in the name of Jesus, everything that you have told me, it's my experience in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. It is my experience in the mighty name of Jesus. I am a man, I am a woman under mercy. The mercy season is over my life. And I'm experiencing it. I am thriving in it. In the name of Jesus. I want you to pray. And say, Father, open my eyes to what you are doing. Open my eyes to what you are doing. Let me wait for your time. And let me receive your manifestation. As you have told me, you will give it to me. In the mighty name of Jesus. In Jesus' name we pray. In Jesus' name we pray. Our Father, in the name of Jesus, we give you praise. We are grateful to you, Lord, for this mercy season that you have brought us into. Father, we ask that every man or woman, boy or girl, that has been before this season in a state of confusion, in a state of non-understanding, not knowing which way to go or what to do with their time, that, Father, in the name of Jesus, light will shine in Jesus' name. Light will shine in the name of Jesus. We pray, Father, that every blessing of the mercy seat that, Lord, you have, you have said we will enter into, we will enter into it in Jesus' name. We ask that, God, we receive fresh understanding of the Scriptures in the mighty name of Jesus. We ask that, God, our friends, relatives, and neighbors, that, Lord, have not met you, will meet you and will dedicate their lives to you in the name of Jesus. We know that we are cut off from the system of this world. Therefore, the diseases and plagues of this world have no place in our lives in Jesus' name. The economy has no, no hold on our lives in the name of Jesus because we have the resources of heaven in Jesus' name. Father, we give you praise. We thank you, Lord. In Jesus' mighty name we have prayed. Amen. Can somebody shout hallelujah? Hallelujah. Amen. Thank you for being a part of our broadcast. You know, we never like to end without giving you an opportunity to make Jesus Christ the Lord of your life. Coming into Christ is beyond joining a church, is beyond a religion. It is joining God's family. And that is done when you believe in Christ Jesus. So I just want to lead you right away now. If you are, if you want to give your heart to Christ. Just say after me, say, Lord Jesus, I believe that you died and rose again, and that you paid for my sins. I accept you as my Lord and my Savior, and from today I belong to you. If you have said those words, will be late, you are born again, you are part of God's family right now. You can go ahead and rejoice about it. God bless you. We love you. God bless you.